0: Hello, everybody. Running Ramage uncut the promotion episode. Uh, Gaz, we've got the job done. Uh, it's official. It's over the line. You don't have to worry about Bournemouth anymore or Brentford. Uh, the stress levels can reduce a little bit. We're going back to the Premier League.
1: I mean, to be fair, I've been pretty consistent um, saying that we only needed four more points. It was just after the Luton game. It was a little bit disappointing, wasn't it? That um, How should we say? We just left um, a lot of questions unanswered, I'd, I'd say. Um, I, I think if we recorded um, yeah. this
0: pod, if we recorded after the Luton game, it would have been a very <laughs> different pod to the pod we're going to have now. Because you, you were quite stressed and quite agitated that we were dropping points and making things difficult to ourselves. Uh, whereas my attitude was very much... Brentford and uh, and Swansea will take care of themselves. They they they, they drop too many points to catch us, and uh, we just needed one win and we were done. and uh, And here we are. So uh,
1: you, you can relax. It's uh, done. We're back to the Premier League. To, to be fair, it's it's nothing about. I mean, I, I don't I don't look at Luton as as our rivals anymore. To be honest, um, I don't really get nervous about the game. I always want to win against them, but I want to win against anyone. But. It just doesn't hold as much significance for me personally. I know for others it's different, but for me it doesn't. But, I mean, going into that, that just made the Norwich game so much more harder for me. Um, if we would have lost that Norwich game, we'd have been in a completely different situation. Now, I know we're not and we can relax and everything's great. We're back in the Premier League next year. Um, but it took one hell of a performance against Norwich away, which was just phenomenal I think I think there's there's certain games aren't there I not know that stand out and that that Norwich game from back to front um how that was managed and, and how we executed it it was just it was just superb wasn't it slightly yeah, different performance on Saturday but
0: well I mean I didn't think Saturday was too bad I, I think um I, I think there's obviously a lot of nervous energy against Millwall that probably probably played played into it but uh, Millwall reminded me a lot of quite a few teams this year uh, that we played um teams that you might call kind of kind of mid-table teams you're like your, your Lutons your 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 Blackburns your norridges your Middlesbrough not Norwich uh your Millwalls your uh, Middlesbrough's have kind of you know ha- had a game plan they have pressed well and they've made life difficult for us and we, we've dropped points against a few of these teams accordingly so so Millwall were no different they they, they pressed from the, the front they put us un, under a lot of pressure um, they looked to utilize their set pieces I thought uh, I think Malone who was taking their set pieces uh, firstly he had wonderful lotto boots that were like a, uh, yeah. a, a heart back to the early 90s and then uh, his delivery left foot delivery was excellent as well um, so you know they made life difficult for us and that's been a that's been you know that was certainly the same in the middle of the game we dropped points so you know if anything there's there's a little lesson learned there and we've held out this time but um, I thought the not so much Millwall, but if you look at the Luton game compared to the Norwich game, the, the real big difference was is that Luton, similar to how Middlesbrough did and the other game in between that that i forgot now, they they basically man-marked Will Hughes and kind of cut him out of the game. Um, I think it, sorry, Reading was the other one, wasn't it? We had to kind of change the positioning of Hughes as we, we went through that game. Um, and they kind of really did number us to, to limit the way we were playing, whereas Norwich didn't. Norwich were kind of open and let us play, and let Hughes dictate the midfield. They gave Saar the, like, the run of the of Road, mm-hmm. didn't they? Um, so I don't know, maybe there's a, an element of Norwich being on the piss for two days or something after getting, getting promotion, or uh, maybe they were just happy to, you know, ha- have such an open game. Um, uh, and that's how they've... Maybe maybe that's how they've faced most games this year. But they certainly didn't try and shut down our midfield and stop us playing, which which a lot of those kind of, kind of mid tableish teams have been doing. So uh, it, it works in our favour. And I think, all right, Norwich are going to win the league this year, but, you know, we've beaten them twice and... Um, I think proving head-to-head our record against Norwich is good for a reason because we, we've got bloody good players. And if you let us play like that, we, we're going to run riot. And, OK, it was only 1-0. But, the I mean, the amount of crosses Sarp in... He was he was the best player on the pitch by an absolute mile. I think if we, if we had an actual proper centre-forward, you know, an old-school centre-forward, could get, get on the end of all his uh, his, his product, you know, we'd, he'd be scoring for fun. So I, I thought he was absolutely superb again. Um, so very different games yeah uh, and then and the middle game yeah everyone's just a bit nervous i didn't i didn't get it we weren't that bad i, I didn't think we you know we, we played pretty well there was a, a again a little bit of you know we could have made it a bit easier for ourselves the one that you know the one summer put him on his offside for example when Saul was just tearing it behind him for a tap-in you know really annoyed me but other than that i i, I thought it was a fairly fairly comfortable game um backman's double save I, I thought was absolutely superb uh, when he when he crashed into the post, but aside from that, did Millwall really create enough to worry us? You know, was there? all right, there were set plays, but was there really enough to think Millwall are going to snatch something here? I thought it was. I thought it was another example of a a Watford clean sheet, a one nil win, where we've been fairly comfortable throughout the game. And, and while there's always a risk, I you know, I, I was happy.
1: So, I I think there's just more of an expectancy, isn't there? that, that when we play these teams, we just turn them over. Um, And it's it's not an easy league. I mean, look, you're always defending set pieces, long throws, crunching tackles, uh, plenty of work rate. And I can't remember who said it. I think it might have been Foster in the hive afterwards. He said, we know we've got the quality to beat these teams, but we just have to match them for work rate. Um, And if we do that, we we know we'll win, we'll be all right. Um, But I think from a fan's perspective, you kind of seen these teams that are a little bit lower down and you'd expect to beat them. But they come with very specific game plans as to how to shut you down, um, and then they let the the more the uglier side of the games cause the problems for us, so to speak. And I guess I guess Norwich would would quite fancy themselves eleven versus eleven just to go with us toe to toe. There's no need for them to shut down the likes of Hughes in midfield, for instance. But
0: see, that's what know, I think I, they're I, making a problem. Norwich, like to choose Norwich's example, that's where I think they're making a problem because man for man, our team is much better than Norwich.
1: So, I would agree. Yeah.
0: So, and I say, I caveat by the fact they're going to win the league. They deserve to win the league because they've got the most points on the board. But man for man, our team is better than Norwich's. So if you if you let us play and leave leave the game to open, then, then you're in trouble. And I think certainly in that game it was one way. And as I say, there might be you know certain certain caveats to that given Norwich had already won the league. But you know in the in the one at Vicarage Road as well, other than us us riding a bit of late pressure, um, you know. We, we got the job done as well. And that's because, man, you know, the likes of Saar are, you know, is is much, much better than their left back. And I think you've seen, I think on these two games this season and uh, this season, and certainly the last season when they had, um, who's the guy they sold, the left back they sold to Newcastle um, when he uh, played... Jamal as well. Lewis. Jamal Lewis. They, if you leave Saar one-on-one, you are in trouble. And, and like, uh, on the Norwich game, just gone. Todd Cantwell, I think there was once he came back to help his left back out. Other than that, like, you, you don't leave Sar one-on-one with your left back. It's asking for trouble. And it's, it's brilliant for us. Um, and as I say, if, if we had a striker, like a proper striker, because um, this is the other thing that I, I, I think is worth um, really touching on. We're, um, we're promoted back to the Premier League without a striker. So, like, our top goal sc- uh, Sar is our top goal scorer, I believe. Pedro's chipped in with about eight or so, I think, which is, you know, nine, nine which is reasonable for his, mm-hmm. his first season bag. And Dini obviously got got a load of penalties, which they all count, but they're penalties. But we've basically done this without a striker. It's not like we've had a twenty-five goal striker banging us into you know to promotion, a la, la Ivan Tony's been doing for Brentford. We, we've done this with um, you know with one-nil wins here, there, and everywhere. Uh, kind of goals being chipped in across across the team, uh, which I think it, may, well, it makes it harder, but it makes it all the more impressive that we've that we've done it with a couple of games to spare.
1: You, you, you could look at it from that angle. I mean. Goals scored. We're, we're not too far away with, with the highest scorers in the league, which I think are Brentford. I think we're about seven goals behind, um, but we're pretty much there or thereabouts with everyone else in the top twelve. But you could argue that it's more sustainable for us to score goals, um, being that way, because goals are coming from all from all aspects of the team. Whereas if it's just coming from Pedro or Sar, for instance, and there's twenty twenty five plus, all you've got to do is shut down that man, or when there's a dip in form, or they get injured or suspended your goals dry up and effectively that's what's happened with um, with Brentford um Tony stopped scoring they stopped winning and um, so I think it's probably done us a favor in the long run but I mean I think the benefit of us not so much ha- not having a striker but not having Troy this year is that we just seem to have more leaders throughout the team Messina seems to be a leader Chalabar seems to be a leader Cleverly Hughes um just, just more people have taken on that leadership role within the team. Um, and I think that's, you know, everyone keeps going back to that Coventry game, don't they? And so that was the defining moment. We changed the team. And I don't necessarily think it's, uh, sorry, a change in formation. I think it's just more people stepped up. More people have taken leadership. And um, it's going to be quite interesting to see what we do next year, because obviously we can't go up with our main source of goals um, from a central Position uh, from a strike position, being you know, nine goals for Pedro. Yes, he's got development ahead of him. Yes, he will get better. Um, um, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't play him, but I think we certainly need to be more fluent because um, Sema's not been too prolific this year, has he? I think he's only got four or five goals himself. Um, so uh, it's going to be quite interesting just to see what changes ahead of the new season from an attacking perspective.
0: Yeah, there's certainly going to need to be a few. Um... I think you're right about the point of leaders. There's plenty of people who stepped up. I I think that that Coventry game certainly was a turning point. I believe that was the pod where you had a right rant uh, after. Yeah, I
1: did. Yeah,
0: Uh, Yeah. give these managers new managers time. Got let them find their way. But yeah, there's there's certainly been a few turning points, isn't they? That post Coventry game, a lot's been made of like kind of like the the Truex to Kong phone call and the the meeting, you know, that got sorted off that game, where basically the players turned around and said we need to do more. And uh, I I think that kind of kind of you know, corresponds with, with, a, with a lot of what you said in terms of people stepping up. Um, the Messina goal away to Cardiff as well, I think was a, was a big turning point. I think that's maybe when everyone started to believe that this was happening. And, you know, we were, uh, uh, as you said earlier, if we, if we match things for work, rate, right, and then, uh, uh, we, we, you know, we're going to get um, results and end product uh, and, 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 get, and get, get out of this division. And I think, I think that goal kind of coupled with, you know, maybe with uh, Sierra Alta's uh, celebrations, uh, that day kind of showed that we that, that we were uh, you know doing all those things. Um, so, yeah, so that was a big turning point. And I, and I dare say Deeney's injury probably was too. That, that kind of coincided at a nice time, didn't it? Uh, as good as he's been for us over the last decade. Um, he You kind of, can see clearly wasn't right this year. Um, and also the other major thing to touch on is our defensive displays. We have clean sheets in over 50% of games this season, which is absolutely incredible. I think made all the more incredible for two reasons. One, our Keeper getting injured, and we've ma- maintained that run. And two, our defense was absolutely terrible last year in the Premier League. And um, like, like, the, like the, tu- the 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 turnaround is immense. So I know I know we've got new center backs who um, who forced a good good partnership. Uh, Ikong still worries us. They, they, I mean, there was a little crossfield ball he played against Mwal. I think he was trying to find Messina that went straight to their their winger. Who, who got a, you know, ball down on our goal, which so his distribution is still a problem, but. Um, I I think it's absolutely incredible that we've uh, we kept so many clean sheets I think we are consistently first for all the kind of defensive stats from the uh, kind of the little infograms that Sky put up on the I think on the Norwich game kind of like least shots faced this season you know most clean sheets etc so yeah I think it's a testament to the kind of the defense and the the work the work ethic for the whole team to, to make that happen and I dare say the the previous manager gets a bit of credit for that as well for kind of setting the ball rolling with the, the kind of the, the defensive focus earlier in the season. So, um, yeah, but anyway, couldn't agree more. Two, two games well, to go, but 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 yeah, the job <laughs> job done. We're back up. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on the manager at this time? Uh, uh Cisco Munoz and the, and the job he's done.
1: Do you know, I, I thought about this because there was that great cloud whether or not he'd be able to manage in the Premier League um, given he hasn't got his um, UEFA licence. Um, I, I, look, I, I'll be honest, I, I think tactically um, I think he shows his experience at times and the fact is there's a lack of a lack of it. Um, you can sometimes see that in the substitutions, you know, changing defenders and I'm not saying he's perfect by any means um, and he's only going to learn if he gets the experience, right? And um, on the other side of it, you kind of look at his leadership qualities, and you can just you can just tell um, that that entire squad enjoys playing for him. They enjoy going to work. That the togetherness. I mean, some of the celebrations that we've seen, um, just the pictures um, or some of the films. Like, I, I can't recall seeing a Watford fair, uh, a, a Watford, a group of Watford players like that together for for a very very long time. Um, yeah, you know, probably back to sort of like the Taylor era, uh, the, the the homecoming of Taylor uh, when we got promoted from Division Two. Um, I I just can't recall seeing a squad that close, and and he's got to take a lot of credit for that because look, you can have a talented set of players, but unless you can kind of get them enjoy enjoy come uh, enjoying coming to work and and really kind of striving to achieve a common goal and. Um, we saw with Ivic, right? It, it just didn't go very well, um, and I, I also think about some of the appointments we started to see from the Potsos towards um, you know what the year we got relegated in Graffia, Okay, uh, didn't get much time. Kike came back in. You know, hindsight that that's a bad appointment. Uh, Pearson came in again. Look, he started quite well, but the togetherness of the squad. Um, was questioned during COVID and ultimately that was the start of our downfall. And I think that going into the Premier League, the one thing that's made us unique this year is that togetherness and we just need to hold on to that. So, I mean, I, I, I personally would like to see him stay. Um, I, I do think he probably needs a little bit more support um, because it's, it's just a different game altogether in the Premier League. Um, I know the Premier League isn't the standard that it probably once was, but the fact is, is you can't let teams come to, to Vickery Drone and have 12 shots because they'll score two goals, um, even if they only have two shots on target. It's just far more clinical. And I think we've just got to give uh, Munoz um, a little bit more experience, such as we saw with uh, Boothroyd and Birkenshaw back in the day. I'd like to see something along those lines. Um, but, yeah, certainly from a leadership perspective, I think he's... Um, it's just easy to gravitate towards him. What, what what are your thoughts? If only there was
0: an experienced, kind of older former manager that he worked with, you know, a previous club or something that, that was available that could kind of be be parachuted into that kind of you know assistant or, or, or technical role you were you mentioned. But uh, but I dare say Rafa Benitez earns far too much money for that to, to join Watford. So there
1: you go. Um, I, I- I also don't think it would work from a Pozzo perspective, wouldn't it? Because they're they're, they're quite involved with the club, and, yeah. and I think if you hoist Rafa into it, um, well, who's, a, yeah.
0: who's our technical director? It's like uh, G- Giaretta, or something. I can't remember how to say his name, but you know, like, like that, that would be the same position, wouldn't it? But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I can't I can't see it as amazing as it would be. Um, he, he's done brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, you cannot argue with his win percentage or, or what he's done to, to kind of to kind of take things over um so uh full full credit I, I think we kind of uh looked at maybe some limitations throughout the pods this season that, that he has like kind of some of the some of the substitutions he was making seem to be kind of preordained like there wasn't a lot of flexibility when things weren't going well uh, and then um but yeah obviously the, the kind of he dropped the four four two reasonably quickly although he was, he was getting some results with that as well to be fair at the start but um, yeah the, the, the football was kind of similarly mundane as it was under Ivich, wasn't it so um, fa- yeah fair play to him he's done a cracking job um, my, my only I can't call it a criticism because we've gone up but I you know I, I do wonder whether the likes of Ben Wilmot could be involved a bit more than he has been uh, which I, yeah. I, I, th- I think is a shame for his development I think he was I think he was looking a really really solid player for us and I I, I was looking at Wilmot the first half of the season as someone, you know, who could be making the step up as and when we, we get back to the Premier League. And I think that that's kind of gone on hold a bit, which I think it is a bit frustrating. Um, but that, I mean, that I'm, I'm nitpicking now. Uh, per, uh, sorry, per, per, perhaps on a similar level, uh, Ngakia, who hasn't seen much football this second half of the year. But, you know, the, the manager would argue that, you know, he's got a, he's got a settled defence and that's the that's the foundation on what, on what we've built promotion.
1: So, um, yeah, fair play to him. So, um I and, think, ultimately, and, though, if you're good enough, you play, right?
0: Well, I think I, I think particularly defences, managers like settled defences. So, if you've got defenders who are happy playing, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and they're fit enough to do it, that's what you want. Goalkeepers like it too, because they, they get to, you know, uh, they get relationships with centre-backs the same as centre-backs, you know, get it with each other uh, and, and whatnot. So, I I, I think if, if you have that opportunity to get to get settled and you're winning, then... then you take it quite a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, as I say, it's, um, it, it's minor criticism in the, in the scheme of things, but I, I just, just hope it kind of doesn't hinder the, the potential of two kind of Premier League players we could have there um, if, they'd, if they'd had more football towards the end of the season. Um, uh, the Hive Live promotion party uh, wasn't hugely a party, was it? Three people sat in the studio. Um, <laughs> Kind of when that when they said we'd be back in 15 minutes for the party, I thought they might have some cameras in and around the you know the players or whatnot, or at least you know if they can't do that due to COVID protocols, at least gives gives you know give Foster the camera or something and let him get in the mix and do some interviews because it wasn't hugely a party if I'm honest, um, but it was more, more of a party kind of just watching on Twitter all the random videos coming in you know, um, but uh, where was I going with this? Um, uh, uh, the what, what I found interesting was Scott Duxbury came on and kind of talked quite openly about kind of the, the financial situation we, we were in. Uh, we knew it was bad. Uh, he, and then what, at one point he said he, he didn't know if we'll be able to continue trading beyond this season if we hadn't got promoted, which highlights just how bad it is um, and just what a colossal fuck up it was getting relegated last year in the COVID year of all years. Yeah. So, um, yeah hopefully this uh well obviously this will make a massive difference getting them back up to the premier league and ho- hopefully we get fans back at the start of next season uh if this rumoured fourth wave uh, doesn't doesn't happen um but yeah it just shows just shows how cl- how close we were to something catastrophic and something you know similar to what we went through maybe post the ITV digital collapse um for those listeners who are old enough to remember those dark dark days uh of, yeah of that and the kind of the, the whole Viali overspending era so um Lessons learned for next time, I hope. Uh, particularly with you know, with, with players going up and, and, and contracts and whatnot, and go from there. Um,
1: I think that's a key point as well for people to maybe be a little bit more, um, we, yeah, let's say realistic in their expectations. The amount of people I've seen, oh, we should just go out and buy Tony, thirty-five million. You know, it's, it's not going to happen, is it? No. I, the, the fact is, is you know, we bought SAR for thirty-five million. Um, supposedly um, and the fact for a club like Watford to get 70 80 million for a player of that that quality it, it's not really going to happen so you're kind of making these big financial investments with the potential to make five million pound profit and that's, that's just not going to happen I, I can see us spending maybe up to 10 million pound on, on players but the fact is is they've got to have resale value um, and uh, yeah I, I, th- I think be very realistic in terms of um uh who's potentially incoming but also i think it's just good for our model going down was good for our model right Uh, our model was good for going down in the sense that we could shift our assets off the books quite quickly and balance the the balance sheet a little bit more but also hopefully it could mean that um i don't know maybe we'll get a de paul (laughs) uh (laughs) Something yeah. <laughs> again. be realistic and i was saying maybe we'll get to put but um yeah maybe we can tap again into that that Udinese uh, network somewhat that's
0: that's 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 the other point to know because it, it comes back to the kind of togetherness and commitment you said there is some of those assets we released i don't think we released them early enough i think uh, you know the likes of kapu was ready to go uh before he went um, if you look back to last Pereira. season, Pereira, Delafeu, Decore were all ready to go and we didn't let them go. And I, I think that kind of contributed to the atmosphere around the club last year. And it certainly it certainly contributed to us losing, what, a good 15 million off the value we got for Decore in the end, which is a colossal amount of money, mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, for a club like Watford. So, I, I, you know, I think, I think we made, made mistakes there holding on to those players too long. And I think kind of once you saw, like the team, the team that basically that Munaf went with and got promoted with, you know, on that amazing run from the end, there wasn't wasn't a lot of players left from last season. There was, you know, if you look at the starting lineup, it's Saar, it's Hughes, it's Feminia. You know, because obviously Foster got injured, albeit he's still around the squad and he's a good lad. Dini got injured and he's out of the way. Capu left, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, I, you know, a lot of these lads are. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure they I'm sure they're good lads. But it, uh, sorry, Messina's the other one I missed out. He obviously came back in. Um, but yeah, it does. You know, if, if players don't want to be at the club, or they, you know, if they kind of you know they have kind of served their purpose and they're uh, they're done, it's, it's time to move them on, and hopefully that's a lesson that's learned in the future, because certainly with some of those players we just mentioned there, they uh, the, the Corres, the Pereiras and whatnot, those great, great players they are. Probably some that, one, without doubt, some of the best players we've seen at Watford in the last 30 years, they they should have, they should have been sold earlier. So, it be interesting to see what the, we do with the squad in the summer, but we've still got two more games to talk about, so I guess we can start to cover that in due course. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'll go from there. So, it's... Uh, it's Brentford next. We don't have to worry about Brentford, guys. Don't worry. Even though we're playing them, we don't have to worry. It's all good. I caught
1: I it months ago. like we needed 85 points. Months ago, good.
0: I called it. It's all good. Uh, so, uh, no worries about Brentford. It'd be nice to see Brentford come up with us, actually. that's a, um, Brentford or Barnsley in the playoffs for me. Brentford, because they're obviously like a, another another club fairly local to us. And um, it'd be great to see them get the first shot in the Premier League, particularly with the new stadium and things they've got. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we can tick that ground off uh, or Barnsley just because of the story this year, you know, nearly getting relegated last year. They played good football. The, the Preston's great. Their their transfer model is is good and uh, it'd be lovely to see them get some, get some rewards for that, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So, right. Until, uh, until after the Swans game, guys, we'll, uh, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you then.